0: Good morning, people. Good morning. It is June seventeenth, Father's Day weekend. Jay, are you with that? Yes, I am. You said that before. I've got
1: two kids. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Happy all father's you FPL Day. fathers. Yes. Just remember to keep your priorities straight and make sure you manage your team well.
0: I mean your team at home. Oh right? yeah, I mean your team, yeah.
1: at, your family team.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We're we're both father here. We yeah, can appreciate that. There's a we talked about the hierarchy in fantasy baseball last week or two weeks ago, and you know there's a hierarchy in in life as well, right? You got Absolutely. God, family, country. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now. Yeah, just I, know. Stuff I know. At the I end. know. I know. Like what comes after that? So
0: Jesus, the Cubs and H two O. That's all I need. We can we can do a whole show off random shit, you know that, right? Yeah. Like like this Def Leppard shirt you're wearing. Well, (laughs) we are the fantasy baseball advocates
1: because we I mean, we want to promote health and wellness for your fantasy team, but of course in life as well. And that's part of who we are, I think as nurses. When you become a nurse you you become focused
0: on, you, you, become, you understand
1: health and wellness much more.
0: You become an advocate. Yes. For, for mental, and physical Absolute. health. Yes. And in mental and physical health, for us, we need to digest and consume our fantasy baseball knowledge. And what can upset your mental health?
1: more than a bad run in fantasy baseball or insecurity about your team. oh I mean, is that is a there little any, play? Is there anything more unsettling and disturbing than having your roster be in shambles or something
0: like that? Here we go, guys. All right, so this is going to be a more league-centric show. Jay has got some finishing touches on some roster construction notes. But that was a little playoff. What you're gonna get to later. We are officially halfway through the season, and now, unlike the amateur contender versus pretender podcast we threw out back in March or whatever that was, now we got some real data to go off of. So if you're if you're listening out there, it's for you guys in the Fantasy Premier League and otherwise. Enjoy this show. Jay, uh, can you talk to them just about like I don't, I don't think we need to summarize stuff we said two weeks ago. But you maybe bring them into what you're trying to pull together here.
1: Yeah, we don't maybe need to rehash everything. But you you brought up so many good points last time. I mean, and about you know depth of starting pitching and and volume of starting pitching and on the depth. You know, tip, you know there there's you could think of of hitting similarly as far as as having depth, I think, you know, um, So we talked about a little bit that we were we're in a deep league, right? That's who we are as fantasy baseballers. I've always been in a 16 team league. Um, now we even have 26 man rosters. so the no stone unturned. Um, philosophy is, um, a lot of how I've developed as a, as a fantasy baseballer. And you talked a little bit about yourself in the last podcast and what, um, resources you use. Um, I didn't really go into much detail about how I, uh, do things. I mean, we were just talking about a second ago, you know, the biggest development in me, I think as a fantasy baseballer, I mean, yes, I look at a lot of the same, um, you know resources that you do, but just evaluating individual players has been a big development, right The first few years in fantasy, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to just look at a guy on baseball reference, right I mean that's my main source i mean i'm I'm like a rain man type fantasy baseballer. I look at the stats and I look at the stats and I look at the stats and I look at the numbers over and over and over and over. You know repeatedly but just looking at a one player looking at their minor league stats right figuring out what can i expect from them in the major leagues like just by their their minor league stats what is how many walks how many stolen bases and how many attempts how many extra base hits what's the batting average you know all of that i mean that's been one of my biggest developments so but to go back to the hitting thing okay I don't know how if I stressed enough that you know in and just like with with starting pitching volume okay you can never have enough hitting okay this is a philosophy this is a winning strategy you can never have enough hitting you can never have enough power is another word that you can throw in there right so i mean let me let me give you some examples of that and how you could build depth in your fantasy hitting, in your fantasy baseball roster, okay? So, you know, let's think of, let's go all the way back to the draft, okay? Let's say you're going to draft, and yes, you want to have volume in your pitching. Well, I've seen as a strategy, some people draft tons of hitters, right? And they draft, they have a bench that's, you know, six, seven, maybe even eight players deep, right, on the offensive side. And then they go through this process throughout the season of whittling down, you know, who's really, um, the the truth is, you and I know this, is who is doing well that season, right? You can look at guys' past production in, in fantasy baseball, and you can know kind of what to expect from them, right? But we know that over the course of a season or one season at a time, people have good seasons, they have bad seasons. So that could play into like, okay, is this person like having a good season? Are they producing stats this season? And you go through this whittling down process. So, you know, do you want to have a full pitching staff, a full functioning bullpen and a starting rotation on week one? Yeah, that'd be great. That's ideal. But if you
0: don't, Focus on the hitting. Actually, J, it down. If you don't mind, I think you're hitting on a good point here. Whether you're talking about hitting or pitching, it's not about the roster that how it looks on the opening day. It's how you evaluate the roster as this season goes along. I'm not gonna step in here, and I want you to continue on your hitting. But no, go ahead. But I, I will say, I'm, I'm gonna use a team in our league for example. If you look at the way funked-up the roster is constructed, he's done what you've said. He did it from the get-go. He just stacked his offense, and he's had barely any pitchers. But the pitchers that um, he started the year on look pretty good. So I think his strategy is to really hit it on the hitting side and just be efficient, you know, adequate on the pitching side. But the problem with this strategy is... If you're gonna use it, you gotta follow through the whole season. Yes, and if you don't continuously churn and burn when some of these players don't work out, you lose value off the the advantage that you gave yourself at the beginning. Right, i.e., when some of those starters that you thought were were in your st- that were in your starting line of day one that aren't producing but you have the extra volume on the bench and you swap it out if you don't get value for those starters before they lose like i'm talking about hitters or pitcher if you don't get value for someone that like okay everybody has a perceived value right that's why yeah. we have preseason ranks right so say guys like not performing to what we thought but he's still performing well, there's a window to trade those players and to recoup value yes. or there's a window to gain value, but you have to be paying attention and if you're if you're going to start off with an that's kind of an unbalanced roster to start by design because well let's look at your roster two years ago. You kind of did this, and then you picked the the pitching in the summer when you knew which hitters were going to be there for the long term, which hitters you wanted to flip. That's all I want to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. And you do have to – it's all this in-season management that that goes into that too, yes. And you have to be – in fantasy baseball, you have to be able to play the hot hand – You sometimes have to give yourself the roster flexibility to be able to play the hot hand. So, if you got five or you know, you got four or five guys down there in the bench that, or you've got guys in your starting lineup that you think are must starts, well, you know, sometimes people emerge and become a must start. I mean, let's put a name out there Ezekiel Duran is a must start type of guy right now. You got him on your roster, you gotta find a way to get him in your lineup. And if you got all these other guys sitting around that you think are good but aren't currently performing, you, you gotta figure out a way to get this guy into your lineup. You know what I mean? So it it it's just the depth thing, you know, um and you know to to let's how do you want to build depth in hitting okay let's say you didn't do it right away either but just how are you going to do it through acquisitions and and who are you going to keep on your roster right who's worth rostering well there's a few different ways you could look at it one of the ways you could look at depth is you want those guys that are providing depth you want your backups let's call them backups to be starters. Okay. And let me explain that. Like if I got someone that I want to substitute in when my star has a day off, well, I want them to be providing value. I want them to be a, let's call it starter value because they're actually providing something like count at least counting stats, right? They're, you know, providing the counting stats or something. So it, and another way to think of it would be, like, if you're you're starting your your backup, you're putting your backup in, and they're, they're a starter, well, then you're starting a starter. If you put in your backup, and they're nothing but a backup player, and they're not even good enough to start, you're starting a backup. You know, you, you want the guy to be worthy. So, and let's say it's someone who is a platoon player, right? They don't play every day. Well, the way I would look at that is if they don't if they don't play every day, when they play, are they providing that starter value? Are they playing that good? If they are and they're they're that good, um then they're worth having on your roster and they're worth substituting in. You know, I've learned this the hard way about benching your stars even when they don't play. You know, if you have a guy like Bryce Harper on your fantasy team and you take him out of your lineup when he's on a day off, let me tell you, sometimes a pinch hit from Bryce Harper is worth more than a whole game from some scrub. I mean, how many times have I learned this? I have learned this lesson the hard way sometimes.
0: We in a 16-team, as you said, 26-way master deep league. Some of these so-called scrubs you're talking about are dependable players for us. I mean Well Come on. A
1: scrub is a I, scrub is a scrub. I'm, I'm just missing, saying they're either good or they're they're either providing something or they're not.
0: You're giving me food for thought for a different conversation, I'm I'm gonna let you keep going.
1: I mean and so you and in order to have a bunch of pitchers down there you know some of some teams are going to be trying to go with one or two man benches but i think those days are over i think that part of us having a 26 man roster was to help with the fact that they're the way that teams manage injuries now let's be now, real
0: covid covid right covid is what caused the 26 exaggerated
1: fans, it right. so much but it really the reality in baseball now is that guys get days off they get rest days. They need to be healthy. And and they are so conservative with injuries now they that, are. like, you have to have some depth or you're going to be in trouble day to day. You're not going to be able to field a whole, you know, uh, team. So, I don't know. I mean, I've touched on a lot that I wanted to. I mean... Anything else you want to add to it? I mean... You brought up rankings again. I mean, that's it is honestly a big part of I mean, I spend so much time in the off season before the season starts, you know, four, six, eight weeks, you know, before. Um, that's pretty much what I look at as rankings. I mean, baseball reference, rankings.
0: I mean, it's to really be able a big to part. rank a player. You have to have an adequate knowledge of their past performance, their current trends. And you have to be able to look under the hood, right? I I yes. will be honest. Until I entered this, league, I wasn't really in the statcast data or, or any of the underlying metrics. But that's that's what's fueling the fire right now in Pennsylvania baseball. That's what you're running. Yeah,
1: it's definitely. I'm I'm being brought up. You know, now it's like you have to look at because poor performance you have to you have to find a way to look at someone's poor performance and put it into perspective right you've got to know what the problem is with someone who's very highly ranked or you know you've got to be able to like figure out what is going on if they're just like basically getting unlucky and that's pitchers or hitters Like, what is their, like, Babbitt, you know, stuff like that, I have really started to absorb, and it it can become a part of, I could quickly look at that and say, if, you know, okay, they're kind of getting unlucky on offense, you know, or with, and, you know, yeah, I mean, that's one example of, it's starting to make its way into my day-to-day, how I could look at things. I think you're probably a little further along with some of the advanced metrics. But again, what I have done over and over and over and over and over is all the baseball reference stats. You know, everything that's there to to look at for a person, their minor league career and and major league career. And, you know, unless you're uh, Julio Rodriguez or Juan Soto, there's going to be big adjustments when people reach the major leagues. Julio Vegas had to make some adjustments this year. Yeah, for sure. So there's the, the, uh, once you've got a, a season or so under your belt, yeah, there's going to be some. All right. Now, I got to put you on the spot a little bit with winning strategies, and we can finish it up after this. But you you've said before, and you've criticized teams for, showing people their lineup in advance, right? <laughs> and setting their lineup one day ahead. And I I got to I got to push back on that one a little bit and I got to I mean, I used my team as an example and I'm like, okay, my lineup might be set for today. Like, I just want you to look at that and you tell me what are you gonna do about that? You know? Okay. So, so like, if, look, you're gonna overreact to what someone's lineup is. All right. Look,
0: this is, we you're gotta be we,
1: making moves. We we gotta put on... some
0: masculinity out here. This is Father's Day weekend. <laughs> so what Jay is referencing to is he's like, there's two ways you could do this. You can put your balls up on the table and say, look look at this. What are you gonna do about it? Right. Or you can be deceptive and say. I got respect for you. You probably think you can beat me, but you don't know what I'm gonna do. And here, here's, here's my pushback on this. I, I'll be honest. I like to fuck around with people's heads because if I can get in your head during our matchup, then it does give me a, a tangible advantage. As far as making you second-guess some of your roster moves, in the back of my mind, I know what I'm doing the whole way through. It's a chess match. Stitches talks about playing chess all the time. It's totally relatable to our game. I'm sorry for getting a little off-topic here. What better
1: way to do that than to just set your lineup and let them do all the scrambling and moving
0: around? Aren't you? You know, because this is where we get caught, Jay. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. So we get caught up in players and drooling over players. We're gonna go over some here in a minute, but the real game is in the statistics, the stat categories. Absolutely. So here in yeah, the here,
1: battlefields. Yes.
0: So so here's my point exactly. So I'm playing kick and dirt this week, right? And I'm looking at the stats last night while some of the games are going on. And um, I, I, I was up at 1.8 to 6. I was like, oh, you know, whatever. It's fine. And then uh, a couple things happened. And I looked, I'm still up 8 to 6. But you know what? He had hit a home run and timing me in a home run. But I'm like, well, how's the score the same? I look, I got a double play ball. This is what people don't understand. We we start drooling over all these players, but it's the little stats that count. So the simple fact that I may win, I I may not. I'm not holding a huge fan. But what I'm, my point is, as a double play ball hold just as much. Well, I should not say that because home run, you get a run ahead. Sure, but, but when it, you're way in behind, the grand scheme right, of think when you're chasing runs, categories, yeah. It's going to change how you yeah, do Yeah, exactly. So what I'm saying is by being deceptive with your decisions, it's making those guys who think they got the it factor for the roster, do I really have the it factor for the roster? If you don't produce
1: I, any counting stats and nobody's hitting any runs in or, or scoring any runs, then no, or you don't.
0: The other thing <laughs> yeah. is, is it your B-week? Because if it's your B-week... Then maybe you're second guessing yourself the whole time. Sure. Dude, I've
1: been oh man. I mean it's there you know, I have far less insecurities than I used to as a young manager, right? But it's it's hard and you gotta be what you gotta be able to adjust. You you can't just it can't be static.
0: Not in our league. No. No. Guys, I feel like we're sharing too much of our strategies. But uh so Thank you so much for listening to this ramble. I really hope that you, uh, you guys enjoy listening to us ramble because we sure enjoy rambling. Now, um,
1: next time we might have to talk a little bit about how we look at our lineups because you and I always go back and forth on that. I mean, we don't have to do it now, but
0: I think that's a good thought
1: because I, I think we, I think there's a uh, ten or fifteen minutes there of yeah. Cause you you always Jay. forced me to look at mine in a different way, but you know, it really we I think we're similar. It's just we do think of it a little bit differently this in terms is, of how we look at our your
0: offensive lineup. This is why we make a great team. Different minds come together. You always for great great content. It does. Who who wants? It's like um, in life. You don't want to, like, marry yourself, right? Like, right. like you don't want to be, like, thinking, everybody thinking alike, you know? Right. I always, I always say this. I, I hesitate to say it, but I always say, it sounds simple, but if I'm seeing too many people zigging, I've got to zag. I get that. Because you got to have an advantage, and, you know... Anyway, I've tried to... Like, I've
1: definitely tried to internalize that strategy i i've tried a little bit more to think of it that way like am i zigging when everyone else is zagging and i really think it can be super beneficial and and helpful um but yeah i don't i thought everyone was just gonna kiss my butt and just think exactly (laughs) like i did what are you talking
0: about yeah i think you're talking about the um dream scenario of Oh my God, I've got the IT team. I'm just going to roll through this season. Yeah, yeah. My roster out there. You're going to look <laughs> at it. Jay, you're having a good week. Let's talk about the happenings in the league. All right. This let's this is it. a good let's segue. Move to into the this. league So, here's, I want to start off with your team, but I'm not going to specifically talk about your team the whole time. You just gave me a good transition point. So, Jay built this roster to be exactly that. Look at it. What are you going to do? And um, he gave up a lot to do that. And as we currently stand, he's less than 500 league play. However, I'm looking at your team. You're having a great week. Let's see how you finish it. Yeah, it's but starting
1: to roll a little bit. The train's starting to
0: roll a little bit now, I feel. You, you know, you're playing in a division where nobody's really taken the ball by the horns yet. So you've got a chance to just take the ball by the horns with your division. With a couple of strong week, This is This is good content Because we're midway through the season as I'm looking at the league standing We're going to go down Down here And I'm We're going to go back and forth Like when we did a mock draft I'm going to I'm going to Reel off these teams From the order that they're in the standings Right now And I realize it was based off the way the week ended This past Sunday sure. night We're going to go back and forth. I'm going to start, and then you're going to go next with the next hand. And we're simply going to say contender or pretender. Now, we can do this because we've got data to back this up. And if there's some tangible argument points, we'll do that after we finish this off. But here's the thing. When we say contender, we don't mean we think you're going to win it or we think that you're looking like you've got a strong chance to win it when I say contender i mean are do you have a chance to do you have a chance to win your division do you have a chance to be in the playoffs I shouldn't say chance do you have a strong chance to be in the playoffs do you have a chance to win your division and do you have do you have the roster? where you could foresee winning a match or two in the playoffs. So I feel like that's, yeah. I've, so therefore you would have a chance to win. So I feel like taking all those into consideration, that would be a contender. Um, there are some teams that aren't out of it, but I would label them as pretenders. But that's just me and Jamie think differently, and that's sure. why we're going to go back and forth. Do you have anything you want to add to that definition before we go through these?
1: No, I mean, it, you're right. It's in in terms of winning in the playoffs. Like it's it's like we've said this on one of the other podcasts. I mean, it's it's just like real life baseball. It's whoever is healthy and right, and whoever is going good, and whoever is hitting well, or whatever is is who's going to win in the playoffs. And I've learned. You know, over the years, like that, the people that get you to the playoffs aren't always the ones that help you win in the playoffs. Like you've got to be nimble. You got to keep making moves. I mean, if and honestly, if I'm looking at that number of moves for each team, might be telling about, you know, whether we can expect them to continue or whether their good streak is gonna come to an end. You know,
0: if they don't keep
1: making moves.
0: I will say, like every year, I'm leading in transactions. Yes. However, yes, I noticed if that. you watch me, I've been a bit more conservative this year. Usually, I'm leading in transactions by like fifty plus.
1: I got to give backcountry kudos yeah. for all those moves, you know, because yeah. he's kept it. He's kept the ball rolling the whole time, and so.
0: Um, well, let's let's get to this, Jay. Contender versus pretender, part two. Uh, We'll start with number one, Eagle Ridge. I don't have anything else to say other than the fact that what we all know, he is a contender. Yeah. All right, Jay. Currently, I'm sitting second. What? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, Eagle Ridge... No, no, no. We're going back and forth. Eagle Ridge is a contender. Oh, oh okay. Number two right now in the standings currently is me. Am I a contender or a pretender? I know, it's weird. You I, know... You're not going to hurt my feelings, David. Yeah.
1: I, I'm I'm going to say you're a contender. I mean, I, I didn't... I wasn't a believer um, going into the season, but... As usual, um, you have made some trades and made some moves and, you know, if I look at your, I mean, if I look at your rotation, um, you know, there's a couple guys in there that might be a little bit of a question mark, but overall, I mean, you, I definitely think that you have the depth and that with with pitching at that and that that can continue that you can continue to compete and probably win in a lot of the pitching categories week in and week out. I mean, look how many guys that you have that are going good. You know, can Zach Eflin continue to do what he's been doing? I don't know. I'm not. You were re, you were big on him. I think going into the season, I think you knew something there, and it's working out. I mean, Marcus, yeah, he, he Marcus Stroman. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Stroman is going good. Um, I think that can continue. I mean, he's always been a workhorse. He's always been a high innings guy and and throw a lot of innings, just stayed up innings. So um, I love that depth. <clears throat> your offense. I mean, I'm looking at your offense and the uh, the complexion of it has changed a little bit over the last few weeks. There's a couple names in there that weren't there before. So that's always the case.
0: Right. <laughs> Teo Hernandez, Witt Merrifield. You, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that I'm a contender. I like I said, had you said I'm a pretender, I wouldn't have bothered me one bit. This is the part of the exercise. You know, we're gonna hurt some people's feelings here. It's okay. <laughs> so We'll move on to number three on this list right now. Currently standing is Imperial. Okay, Imperial is a contender. And Imperial is my dark horse sleeper to win the whole thing. Why is Imperial a dark horse? Because he is always in the same division as his brother. And I also feel like he's a dark horse because... If you look at the way his roster is constructed, Jake always has... A powerful offense. But this year, this year, he's got the pitching to back it up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's going to be a very tough out in the playoffs, as always. Um, One thing that just kills me is, well, two things to stand out with his roster. And he... He got Josh Lowe for me after after the first week of the season we played. Um, and I I knew at the time I shouldn't have done it, but I I caved in thinking, well, chances are he's not going to pan out. And I, I got a pick and a, a reliever I really wanted for him. Uh, but Josh Lowe is having a heck of a year. yeah And then on top of that, I... This may get a little salty, but do you realize there was a transaction where Gunnar Henderson at his lowest point was traded for Matt Mervis, who is now completely unrosterable? Yeah. Uh, you know who made that trade? Stitches traded Gunnar Henderson to Imperial for Matt Mervis. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there may have been other pieces to that trade. I don't remember. You know, I'm who going I went off out memory. Guy. In my other league with Matt Mervis, Michael
1: Conforto. Oh, God, I'm so happy about that. I don't have him in, in this league, but that would be Jake. So, anyways, Jake is a
0: contender.
1: Totally Go. agree. He started the season with some of these starting pitchers. He's, like, stuck to his guns. I mean, not that there was any reason not to, but, yeah, things are looking really good for Jake right now.
0: Jay, tell us about Stitches. He's currently fourth. he a contender or is he a pretender? You know, I marveled at what
1: Stitches has been able to do um, in the first half of the season in terms of regular season record. But I got to say, I think Stitches is a pretender right now. I think he's got a lot of work to do. Um to have a roster that's gonna be going well towards the end of the season to make a strong run for the for the playoffs I mean, there's gonna be um a lot of competition uh in his division you've got you, you've got Redbird who we've said things about before uh good things, and you've got Cajun who is not out of it um is he's not having a good week this week and
0: um, I have a good year so far, right?
1: But I, I think right now, stitches is a pretender. I think that there's a, some work to be done there.
0: I will say in Stitch's favor, he's got the managerial flexibility, meaning he's going to make the moves as he sees Absolutely. it, and his pitching is going to give him a chance to at least tread water when his hitting is not doing well, but. Gotcha. Okay, so mid midway point in the season, Stitches looks like he has some work to do. All right, so, I mean, if we go to number five, and number five, oh, this one's an easy one. But guess number, who's winning 12 to nothing right number now? Number five. 108 Stitches. Uh, I saw that before you said that. I wasn't going to say anything. Number five is Bird Law. You know, I I got to go back to what you said. It, it's good that you point that out. It's so frustrating to look at stats on Saturday morning, oh, like man. the scores. You know these scores aren't going to hold. No, They're going to change.
1: It is incredible how many big leads evaporate over the course of every week. And that is the norm. I mean, you would think I would realize this after this many years. But how many of those big leads evaporate and things even out over the course of a week? And you realize that it's like, it's kind of all about the weekend, right? Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday means a lot, especially with hitting. I mean, with anything, but with hitting, it's like, okay, I got I got these guys hitting all weekend long. And, you know, it takes a t- while to figure out, like, I think studying real life teams, like how they give – guys days off and rest and when they do and don't and I think your your studs are playing all weekend long typically I think they're getting their days off during the week typically
0: that's a good point so that's why it's the weekends on very the weekend. important yes. yeah yes uh number five on this list is easy I me' mean, birdlaw um we will talk about players a little bit we promise to let's talk about Corbin Carroll. this uh, guy okay been it, salivating it, it, over oh this guy since before okay. the
1: season even started. And it was so sad oh, to know gosh. that, like, he was going to keep Corbin Carroll. And I had no chance of drafting I've tried so hard to drafting acquire
0: him. I still probably will. I was hoping
1: that he would have enough other good keepers that he would somehow not keep him. But Birdlaw was smart enough to realize that. Oh, he was going mean, to keep him from oh, the get-go. Uh, yeah.
0: If you listen to... Here's another short for you. If you listen to Chris Walsh or Prospect One in the off season, you know, Walsh is the prospect guru for the podcast people. Um he uh, regularly frequents the CBS sports today podcast, but in the off season, like when you're looking for content, I, I encourage you in November and December, or at least late October, November, and early December to listen to his content because he literally has a beat on all those prospects, lower level, mid level, high level, whatever. And he lives down there in Arizona and that's what he does. But he's a Diamondbacks homer, obviously. And yeah. they love Corbin Carroll. So, and I gotta tell I gotta yeah. tell you, you know, Corbin Carroll, people think, oh, for his small stature, his power's not gonna hold up. Here's the thing. He uses all fields. If you look at his spray charts, his home runs are evenly distributed between left, set, left, and right. Like he's not straight up pull going pole heavy. This guy, yeah. and a couple others, I guess the are probably he... going to year in and year out frequent the top five of fantasy. He's going to wiggle
1: around in that batter's box, and he's going to flaunt that beautiful long hair, and he's going to spray that ball all over the field. You know, has your Arizona guy that you're listening to, has he explained why um, the Diamondbacks have all these vertically challenged guys? (laughs) on their <laughs> roster is there a reason for that
0: is, go ahead jay if you want to. no no it.
1: i just that's the only knock on right him and the, the diamondbacks is like most of them are vertically challenged so but there's you know i got another record i'm not when gonna you say, say vertically
0: challenged it. you were implying to their physical they are stature not,
1: yes their physical stature is not big and imposing but uh i don't know maybe it doesn't matter all that much
0: there's something you know, going out who, there in I the mean, desert. They're the, leading
1: that division. You know what I think is that we, in baseball, we have gone through this, all these transitions where, you know, all these hitters were being, um, I mean, some people, it messes with their, I think, whole career to have their swing changed for us to be worried about uh, – Exit velocity and hitting fly balls, right? And elevating the baseball and hitting for power, hitting home runs. So, like, I feel like we've gone through all these transitions and what's come out of it is, like, and even the best hitters. I mean, look at Joey Votto. Joey Votto is an incredible hitter. He can do anything he wants to in that batter's box. But what he did for the betterment of his team and, and their ability to score runs. Sometimes he took walks, but what he did was, like, try to hit for power, try to elevate the baseball. And he was willing to let that batting average go down to, to try to be a little more aggressive up there sometimes. Sometimes maybe taking the walk wasn't what he needed to do for his team. Like, you can see hitters do it, but my point is, is the guys with the that don't have the physical stature – you know, like I I mean, I'm gonna bring up Brian Reynolds as an example. Okay.
0: Oh, Dude, how are you, are you these guys the guy I crazy. mean,
1: there's an approach that some of these guys have that they are they are fast to the baseball. I think it's bat speed, it's loading up for power, the way that he boom. They're using like their body as levers. Exactly, exactly. And like there's a way that some of these guys can do it with so much skill. So much knowledge that they can do kind of everything, but they are not a big guy. And I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my head around how some of these guys are doing it. And there's other guys that I could think about that their swing kind of resembles um, a guy
0: like Brian Reynolds. Well, yeah, I think year in and year out, baseball, someone's sports that's going to turn these, these – uh... Is specimens of all different kinds and yes. productive players. You don't have to be a top-notch athlete to play baseball. Love that. But it may not go on forever. No. You know what I'm
1: saying? Yes. It changes. And, you know, I mean, the second base position is one of those places where you see guys like that. I mean, think about Dan Ugla. He was oh like God. the best... He was a top 10 uh, fantasy yeah. baseball player for several years, and then they just completely fall yeah, off the face ben of the earth. Ben
0: Uglo was like low average, high right, power. Right. And yet. But how you're did right. he
1: keep the average up? I mean, it'd be interesting to go back and look because he did for a while. He then had a
0: very off. unique batting stance, if I remember correctly. A lot of his power came from his hip up. Cause he would sit really low in the bat. We're going to off topic here. We we gotta get back. I'm I'm sorry, guys. This this we love baseball here. So Bird Law is a contender without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Jay, numbers. We gotta get things moving along here because I want to get to the whole standings. But Redbird is sitting at six. I think. What do you think? You know, I think that
1: you know he's he's working on filling that infield out he's got some prospects there he's got Ezekiel Tavar Nolan Gorman Miguel Vargas you know um Jeremy Peña I mean there's a lot of question marks there I think that it probably rests on on uh his ability to kind of fill that part of his lineup out um you know, I think we're starting to see things kind of normalize with with Nolan Gorman. I mean, so Nolan Gorman is batting 189 over the last 30 days. He does yeah. have five home runs, OPS 638. You know, things are normalizing there. And I'm starting to see that there's a little bit of a hole in the middle of that infield.
0: Yeah, the strength of his team is definitely... A Rosarina, Luis Robert, Acuna, and Eloy Jimenez. Right. And the outfield, which is pretty good as He's long as they all for stay maybe healthy. Rendon and to get back in there. I don't think Rendon's going to. God, I, I've cheered for that guy for so long. I don't, I just think it's another bad contract. The Angels gave out. It's another example of a guy with a not a
1: big stature that was producing all kinds of power. Well, I think and there RBIs. was something in the
0: water in Washington. You know, those couple of years, you know, Bryce Harper, Stephen Strasberg, Ryan, uh, Zimmerman. Ryan Zimmerman, Anthony Rendon, Victor Robles, Flash, them Pan for a while. Yeah. A lot of those guys aren't, I mean, Bryce Harper's side. A lot of those, oh, Patrick Corbin. A lot of those guys were household names have not either aged well or just have fallen off completely. And, um, uh, I got. What's with, up? Yeah, yeah we do, we don't need to like get into the tangible parts of that. But so is Redbird a contender or a pretender?
1: I think he's. I think he's still a contender. I think his roster is. Um, his uh, his rotation is looking pretty good right now. So I I believe in his ability to compete week in and week out. Right now, and even get better in the coming weeks.
0: Okay, and that moves us along. Okay, so currently, right now, Backcountry holds seventh place in Division One. Okay, all right, so this is where it gets dicey. I, I don't think Backcountry is going to win that division, however, he has done an amazing job of taking advantage of. A division that has just not gotten its footing yet and we pegged him the 13th best team of the league <laughs> to begin the year and he, rightfully so he won it last year and he didn't have a lot of assets to start the year yep but kudos to him he's done well now now the um good comment aside i i think he's a pretender. I think he's not going to contend for the title. That's not to say I can't see a scenario where he makes the playoff. Sure. I do. I do oh, see absolutely. a scenario where he makes the playoff. I agree. I just don't think he's a contender to win the whole thing. Right. And that takes us to number eight. Shirtless Ron Gand. You know. Uh, yeah, shirtless Ron Gand. What do you think shirtless man? um getting kind of dicey here
1: well shirtless like he's arrived in a way where you know I'm not sure if he showed this kind of i don't want to call it dominance because he's kind of right around five hundred, but you know pretty solid lineup right now um lots of young talent which i I mean, I really like right now. I have just, I just salivate over Tyler Stevenson in the catcher position. I love to have Tyler Stevenson. You don't see
0: it. No, he he plays every single day. But but he's he's got middling exit velocities, um, and he he just hits in a bandbox. But the thing is, he doesn't produce what we want him to produce. I've never rostered him. Talk about uh, physical stature. Have you seen that guy? At the plate he's a monster, but he he should be doing better for himself than he has over the course of the last three years um we get caught up in that stuff but yeah you know, the, he's got the I think there's heart factor in his side yeah. I I think there's an adjustment. I just don't get your Tyler Stevenson bro. Well, I like
1: the playing every day, and it gives you roster flexibility that you got somebody in there every day. You don't have to roster two catchers, which I know a lot of people don't anyways. I'm one of the few that I I tend to more often than not have two catchers. But but anyways, to go back to the young talent, you got (laughs) Spencer Steer, De La Cruz, Ian Ooh, e. I don't know if we can call him young anymore.
0: He's kind of in the middle. He's so, right in his prime. So, so I'm Kelenic. not... I'm oh, sorry, what's I what's got on? to interrupt uh, you here. A source in this league I was going back and forth with, uh, not to be named. Okay. Mentioned that he turned down um, a first-round pick for L.A. De La Cruz. Okay, so let's have a little fun with this. All right, we're not going to do a deep dive. We don't have enough time for this, but... The fantasy baseball world has gone nuts over the last two, three years over the those premium prospect coming up. Why? I think part of it's because they're coming up younger. Yeah, because um, incentives in baseball have been made to to stop the withholding of players down, right. which unfortunately is still happening in some sure. places, but not nearly as frequently as it was. Second of all, though. We've seen a lot of prospect hit the scene and succeed right away. So I was going back and forth with this source and it, it was interesting to me. What's the difference between Ellie De La Cruz and O'Neill Cruz and Joe Adele as far as when they were coming up? O'Neal Cruz more recently it was last year. Joe is also obviously the bottom out factor. He's still there's yeah. still hope for him. Yeah. But the what the similarities. All three of those guys have just amazing power, like raw exit velocities. And so if you listen to some of these podcasts, they go nuts over these guys. My thing is, is he really is he really better than a first round pick? Or do, you know, is uh, LADL Cruz a partial pick next year? I mean, I think, I, mean I, I think he'll be a keeper, but if he wasn't. I mean, I think that,
1: I mean, a lot of it, so he's got the, let's call it the pedigree, even though he hasn't, he's only 21 years old and he doesn't have a bunch of um, minor league seasons for us to look at. It's more like Winter League and these different, you know, um, leagues but he's got a great batting average um on base percentage is looking good ops uh over 900 over a thousand for for most of these seasons um he's got the stolen bases so I mean what's the difference well number one like his batting average is gonna be better than O'Neill Cruzs just looking at it. You think off. you're projecting. I'm projecting that because of the past and what O'Neal we're seeing Cruz in the major does a lot leagues. That we
0: haven't seen.
1: Right. I mean, there's a lot of development there that could happen that we I could be singing a different song after, you know, O'Neal Cruz has got some major league seasons under his belt. But I don't know what the difference is, but I can tell you that I don't blame him in many ways for not taking first-round pick for this guy because I, I and I had you know somebody else in the league was like we were talking about young talent and I was like okay well I gotta keep I kind of did that in a way but I'm like I gotta keep getting younger and finding that young talent and they're like go after la Cruz and I knew the second he said that I was like I bet you there's nothing I could throw at this guy right now that's gonna make him trade him
0: very good point. I don't blame him very good point so is but he contender a contender or a pretender, pretender?
1: You know, like I said, he's kind of arrived, and uh, I think he's a contender right now. I think he's got all this young talent that can continue to produce um, all throughout the season. I think Hap's going to hopefully continue to to go pretty good, and later in the season, if if De La Cruz gets a full look, he's going to still be doing this in, in August and September.
0: Good point. All right, so moving along to number nine, Oh, Jay, that's you. Jay, I'll be honest. From the get-go, you tried to do that balls on the counter, look at my freaking office, like, how are you going to deal with this? And it's underwhelmed until the last couple of weeks. Here you are, you're coming along. But I, I, as well as a lot of other people know, you know, You've got to be the odds-on favorite to win your division. I really think you still are. I I I I know. I'm not trying to praise you, but you've got the roster to win the whole thing. If your pieces fall together, you just had some really rough stretches to start the year. Um, we'll see how it shakes out, but I I think you are a contender. You got the uh, you've got enough pitching, even though it's your weaker side. You've gotten better. Much better. Um, and you definitely got the offense that if they start hitting on all cylinders. There's not going to be many people in this league that can contend with it. So, for the better part of the league, hopefully your offense doesn't start hitting on all cylinders. But it well, could. You know, hit is the
1: key so, word. Like the number of hits. And like, I've had so many days with like three hits. You know, these like three for 31 days. I mean, I've had more of those this season than I can remember, man. Remember. And the counting stats haven't been there, but they're starting to come.
0: Listen to some of these podcasts, guys. You'll learn that they did stuff. They do stuff to the baseballs to where off the office environment in April and May is colder than the rest of the summer month. Um, Man, this is food for another conversation. But we uh, we can talk about... We could talk about in double A, they're experimenting with tack balls. You know, uh, we all heard about the Goldilocks ball last year and how amazingly, Yankee Stadium was the house for most of the Goldilocks balls. Oh and then gosh. somehow Aaron Judge hit 60-some home runs. I think the dude's got the power to do that year in, year out. But they should my, have. My thing is, I, I know I'm, I'm going on front of Tansha's, They're going to put me out there for people to, like, criticize me. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it. How can you keep somebody like Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame just because he may or may not have used steroids at some point? And a time and age where a lot of them were doing it, but yet you're going to celebrate Aaron Judge when baseball specifically doctored the baseballs and put more of those balls in certain places. There is evidence of it. There's articles that have been written about it. And somehow, if you want more evidence, how does Garrett Cole... I'm not saying he's always the best pitcher, but consistently over the last three to five years he's been one of the best pitchers all of a sudden his home run rate spikes last year hmm, hmm. lots ERA. of suspicion there going way lots out. of hmm. suspicion there uh, But there's I'm, I'm other sorry.
1: examples of that too you know i mean we so carlos ordona has been out with injuries so, but uh, we need a bigger sample size yeah, to see what yeah, yeah. what his stats I, look I'm like. I'm making implication they're getting in trouble. Well, you know, so. I think the Yankees need to bring Tom Brady back out of retirement, Ugh. so they can really and and have him be Yankee, so they can really get really good at cheating.
0: He could he can show them some things, I'm sure, about the balls. Look, hey, for the record, I'm not saying Judge or the Yankees are cheating. I'm saying MLB has done stuff to change the game to make it easier for certain players versus other players. If you're not all playing with the same ball, it's not a level playing field. The whole argument against the keeping all those steroid guys out is they're playing on a different level of playing field that wasn't. Fair, give them an advantage. MLB is giving certain teams of players, depending on whichever baseball they were pitching or hitting with last year. That's not a level playing field. So, and the fans were so naive. I I didn't even realize
1: like what really is happening in baseball. And you, I've had to like redefine what cheating is because you really have to come full circle with, you know the sign stealing and everything i mean it, of course it was always it's always been a part of baseball like you can't just give your signs away and they're going to get stolen and that's not cheating but it was with all the cameras uh, and everything uh, obviously uh,
0: and the drum uh, beating uh, we, we but we're really getting up. I know baby, you Jay. don't want we, me to get up. We we got to stop. We we got to finish the six. So Jay, I'm dude. just saying I was
1: so naive. And now I'm willing to look at all of this with a, you know, like fresh eyes and just let's just be honest about it. Because the whole, you know, some of the cheating stuff, it, it the most recent ones, it kind of shook my faith a little bit and it hurt my fandom a little bit. But I've got it back. I, I got it
0: back after all the, the cheating scandals. Okay. Right. Okay. No, you're okay, man. It's good content for future episodes. You got a couple of patient, a uh, couple of passionate. Right, me, can advocates. I say something Go since for we're it. talking
1: about my team? Is Ryan McMahon? Oh, God. this is the reason that these you that Luke quit. doesn't trade. This, this, this is the perfect example of like why these guys don't trade as much because it's and Luke is. Always like he's kind of. I thought we were talking about your team. We are, but I have Ryan McMahon on my team now, and Luke traded him to me for a mid to low draft pick. The point I'm trying to make is, you know, you looking at a player like a, it's like a stock. It's like owning a stock, Mm -hmm. and selling low is just asking for someone to come along and and get them for for nothing. But (laughs) but what are you gonna do? I mean, obviously, so. You know, and Luke, like he's like educated me in the past of like thinking of them as like a stock, and like you, you might as well just hold on to them until they're just droppable, because you're getting ripped off in some of these trades, and like it, it's not, you know, it's not rip, it's not ripping off. Everybody has to take a chance. I was able to take a chance and take a risk, and
0: it's worked out. I think, of course, I'm a contender. You are a contender. I'm sorry. Did I not answer that? No, I don't know. Yeah. Jay's team. Pack is a contender. Yeah. Now we're running out of time here. We still got yeah. seven teams, Uh, and 10 through 16 is standing. So I'm going to re- rattle all these teams off, but I'm going to rattle them off in order. And we're not going to really talk much about them. We're just going to say are, is there any in this bunch that you view as a contender? Right now. Because these are the teams that are either weren't expected to perform or just aren't performing. But, you know, they're in the bottom half of the stand. So, in 10th place, we got Isotopes. In 11th place, currently, we got Funked Up. In 12th place is Hitman. 13th place is Cajun. <clears throat> 14th place is Pokes. Fifteen. <clears throat> excuse me guys place places pale skins and 16th rounding out the league right now is kicking dirt now i know in this group of seven there's some serious contenders that we thought were i'm sorry serious teams that we thought were contenders to start the year off but we have data now we're halfway through the year jay I think I see a couple of paths to the playoff for a couple of these teams. I yes. really do. But I don't see any contender for the championship in this group. Do you?
1: I don't think so. I agree with you. I think Isotopes um, is kind of up against it. But I definitely can see a path to the division or the playoffs for him. Um he is, as we speak, I think trying to shift and move and um, making some, you know, developing his uh, rotation, filling that out. And I, I think you might not think by looking at it, but I think with his offense, like he's got a chance to compete. We can plays into the plays and the-, the division is up for grabs. Exactly. So
0: um, and then one more thing I want to know with the, with these teams before we sign off here. Is uh, I I feel like in my eyes the most disappointing team this year so far has to be Cajun. I really strongly felt like he was the front runner to win our division to start the year off. Not to say that he can't go on a run. A couple of years ago, he went on a run and snuck in the playoff. I do see an avenue for that, but this division is pretty tough, and he's almost thirty games back, which is not a good thing at this point in the year. Well, um, he's just had some underperforming.
1: Yeah, Gold the St. Louis Cardinals, and yeah, right. and the Cardinals, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, that's been a big uh, part of it, and obviously those guys could show up in a big way. Yelich uh, has been really good for him. Hopefully, that can continue. Hopefully, for him, that can continue.
0: Jay, this has been a great show. Yeah, it's
1: been fun. It's exciting. So pretty soon we are going to be in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati on weeks. July 1st. Two and weeks from today. So hopefully we are going to have a podcast for you guys with several different managers from the Fantasy Premier League. We're so going to
0: try. We'll see how this
1: works out. I'm sure we can do it. There's going to be, be some glasses clinking. I was going to say there's, there's going to be, be some, some background noise. But, you know, as I've said, I've – this whole thing this podcast is fulfilling the dream of me for being like an am radio person and i've always wanted to do podcasts in the back of a hardy's or some kind of you know chilies you know we'll be like the people on the office i don't know
0: why you do this Chad, but it's okay we all have our little a little quirk. i promise you i will fulfill your dream we will do a podcast when the back of a Hardee's at some point i don't know when but we'll do it right It'll be fairly quiet. There might be some other like ninety
1: year old men talking in the background. <laughs> it's just a sports radio thing. It's just like an AM radio thing. I remember,
0: we're nurses. Hope so those ninety year old men have a heart attack because they're congesting all that cholesterol. Right. Well, there to... we have
1: a, a good Samaritan laws in Indiana that we can act. We can definitely act and and save lives out there yeah. with with not impunity, but we we can feel empowered to go out there and try to save some lives
0: i mean that's
1: the whole point right right yeah okay. so you know quick uh, health lesson right um but uh, yeah save a life
0: save a life drink a beer have fun <laughs> and be well all right so this is a fantasy baseball advocate signing off happy fathers day guys be well